And uh, so today, I'd like to just uh, touch a little bit about reaching in. You know, it's important for us not just to reach out, but to learn how to reach in within us, in what God has already deposited inside us. My text is taken from Isaiah chapter 40, one of the most favorite passages of Scripture. Can I invite you to stand together for the reading of God's Word? Let's read together from the New King James Version. Are you ready? Let's read it. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Father, bless your word to our hearts even today. Let every heart be receptive. Holy Spirit, just minister in your own way and we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Isaiah was prophesying to a group, to a group of people who was despairing of life. The nation was in captivity under the Babylonians. They have seen ruin and despair, and they were almost on the verge of giving up. And they even questioned God. God, do you even care? God, are you there? Where is your justice, O oh God? Have you been in that kind of a situation? And it was then that the prophet Isaiah gave the message of God. When you read the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, 2, 3, until chapter 39, there's a kind of a gloom. The nations will mention woes and judgment of God. But when you read chapter 40 onwards, it is as if, hey, it's a different book entirely. That's why in biblical studies, they call chapter 40 onwards in the book of Isaiah as Deutero Isaiah, the second Isaiah. It is like something has happened to Isaiah. He has received further revelation and he started off in chapter 40 verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. And the rest of the book is basically words of comfort, words of strengthening that God gave to his people. I challenge you today, when you go back, read Isaiah chapter 40. Read it not just today, read it tomorrow. Read it for 30 days and it will change your life. It will change your life. We have just read Isaiah chapter 40 and uh, from the King James Version. Let me read to you in a modern version. This is how it reads. Those who place their hope in the Lord find new strength they did not know they had. They will be able to soar like eagles to new heights of achievement. They will be able to run the race 
and have energy left to run again. They can walk through the toughest situations without giving up or fainting. This was the comfort the Creator conceived for His confused and concerned creatures. Wow. From this passage, I'd like to share on strength. Everybody say strength. Strength to soar, to run, and to walk. If there's anything that we need, I think all of us need strength. Manifested in different ways so that we can soar, run, and walk in this journey of life. Isaiah started off by pointing to the fact of life that even the strongest person alive on earth will be weary and falter and faint. And as an example of the epitome of strength is the youth. How many youth do we have here in the house? They were shouting just now all over. Don't be quiet now. Come on, give me your shout. Okay, some of you there. All right, good, 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 good. When you look at the youth, and I mean youth means maybe around age of 18, until 35, 40, 45, whatever. <laughs> Higher even, 65 or so. Okay, la. <laughs> the youth. They, have, they are strong. Physically, they are strong. That's the fact of life. Young people, you are at the prime of your life right now. You are at the prime of your life. You can do so many things that you want to. When you grow older, like Pastor Kwan Min or myself, there are a lot of things that we are not there to try anymore. All right? Not like in those young days. So the youth here is actually a picture of strength. And here the picture is that of those in the military. The military, they need the strongest person, the fittest person. And this, they belong to the elite squad in the military, the commander, the, you know, and, uh, and, and those, those, those special squad in the army. The young people here refers to the, in the, in the, in the, in the area of athletics, though, those who are strong physically, they can run, they can do gymnastics, they can do all kinds of things. But guess what? Even the strongest of the Lord, the Bible says, their strength will fill them. They shall faint, be weary, utterly fall means totally exhausted, stumble and fall. Friends, that's human. That's humanity. That's who we are. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what age you are, what age bracket you are in, we shall grow weary and tired. Have you ever been in that situation where you are just so tired? So, so tired. You are just exhausted. No energy left. 
even to get up from bed itself, you are so tired. There was a mother and child that was worshiping the Lord, and the, and the singers and the worship team was leading in that song. I exalt thee, I exalt thee, O Lord. You know, and so they were singing, I exalt thee, O Lord. And the mother was so happy that the daughter, small daughter, was singing along. But then she listened carefully. Hey, the words sounded a bit different. You know, the child doesn't mean, know what it means. Exalt. What is exalt? You know, I exalt thee, O Lord. But she, the mother listened carefully and she was singing, I'm exhausted, O Lord. I'm exhausted, O Lord. Perhaps that's who we are. We are exhausted many times. Totally wash out, drain out. As somebody says, emotionally, emotionally, I'm done. Mentally, I'm drained. Spiritually, I'm dead. Physically, I smile. A lot of smiling people are not necessarily strong anymore. They have taken the beatings in life. And they dread to face the day. It may be because of the financial difficulties. Just to make ends meet can become very physically and mentally very draining. Maybe because of a dysfunctional relationship. Relationships that are breaking down and is emotionally very draining. Early morning, you have to go to work. You come back late at night. And on top of that, you have to do the household chores and so many other things. You know, it can be very, very tiring. Life can become very wearisome. Such a heavy burden. And it affects every one of us. Even the strongest of the youth. Youth is sub, are supposed to be strong, but do you know that some of the, some, many of the suicide cases are among the young people? When you hear cases of young people in the prime of their life committing suicide, how can that be? Because they have no more strength left. They are drained. They are drained. So it affects all of us. So if you are, at times you feel tired and weary, Welcome to the human race. We are all very tired. A study was done once in America about the health of the population and even among the Christians. Now, this one is America. And it is found that 31% of Christians are just stressed out. They live a life that is very highly stressed. 31%, one-third of the population 49% are just too busy. Christians are very busy people. And we can understand that, all right? You work, 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 and then you come to church, you serve, serve, serve. We can understand that, you know? And, and as cell leaders, as zone leaders, board members, you know, and, and, and many times I salute you all. Now, there are those people who are in full-time ministry. Yes, you know, we, we are dedicated to serve the Lord full-time. But, but you all, you all are working out there. And then you come, you serve and this and that. And sometimes you meet all kinds of situations. You don't have to, but you are in it and you are, you are serving the Lord. And it can be very draining in the ministry. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
For me, I feel it also. Sometimes you see, ah, yeah, pastor, very easy. I ah, preach once a week only. Ah. But I tell you, it's a very high-stress job. You know, and sometimes you feel so tired, you know, and, 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 and drained out. And it affects you, not just physically, but also spiritually. You know, to prepare a message is, is a lot of work. It's a lot of work and you have to preach, you know, uh, so many times, you know, during the week or month and all that. And, 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 and it can be physically very draining, mentally very challenging and spiritually you have to be on, uh, right with God. And sometimes, you know, you preach and you wonder what's happening and, and sometimes you just feel like so tired to prepare even a message. What encourages me many times is the testimony of John Wesley. John Wesley, it is said that he preaches twice. Not twice a week, but twice every day. I said, wow, man, to preach twice every day. And how does he prepare his sermons? On horseback. While he's, he was riding from one place to another, he was preparing his sermons on horseback. And that encourages me, that gives me strength. And many times the word of the Lord will be released to me and I capture that word and it encourages me. It, it encourages and, 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 and it feeds me as well. But many times we can be so tired. Like, like yesterday. Yesterday I woke up with a pain on my left uh, bottom of my foot. And I said, oh no. Those of you who know me, you know that I got high uric acid and sometimes do have gout. I said, oh no. <laughs> But I did not do anything. I fought it. I fought it as, as, as much as I could. You know, I did not do anything to it. And by the time during the Saturday service, you know, I knew that it was getting worse already. It wasn't getting any better. But I managed to preach through the Saturday service. But by the time the service, service was over, I was really limping out already. You know, and I was really, it was, it was terrible pain already. Very terrible pain. I just went back home, top out dinner, went back home. And I, I couldn't walk even to the store to, to, to even get my food. You know, it was so, so painful already. By the time I reached home, you know, I just, uh, I, I, I know, I know I, I've been through this. I know, I know it's very difficult. And, and normally, even though I preach in a Saturday service, I still spend my Saturday evening and night, you know, going through the sermon and changing whatever I need to change. And that was what I wanted to do. But by 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, the pain was so unbearable. By about 9.30, you know, I, could, I couldn't walk already. I couldn't even walk. Even with a cane, I couldn't walk. You know, I have to use crutches to get around, you know, in my condo. I say, wow, you know, you know, and uh, I was wondering, can I make it even tomorrow, you know? And I tried to prepare the message. I tried to go through the sermon, but mentally, I was drained already. Emotionally, also drained already. I couldn't even spend, you know. I tried to go through the message and all that, you know, and tried to work go through something and, 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 and fine-tune it, you know, from 4 o'clock until 1 o'clock, you know. But until 1 o'clock, you know, not much was done. I say, I give up. I can't, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I was spiritually, no, not spiritually, men mentally, emotionally drained and I couldn't even think because with that pain in the leg, you know, when you are in pain, you try to think great creative thoughts. It doesn't happen, all right? It just doesn't happen. Your mind and your whole body system is just feeling that pain in the leg. I say, okay, I'm going to sleep. 
And I'll wake up at 6 o'clock to just do what I have to do. And so I went to bed. Now, with prayer, God you will just touch and heal me and with the medication. And praise the Lord, by the time I wake up at 6 o'clock, I feel the pain has gone. Hallelujah. And now, how do I walk? Do okay? Am I okay? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But I tell you, when you go through it, it's draining. You, you are totally exhausted. I have no spirit left even. You know, you can't do much. That's the picture of tiredness. And some of you go through it every day. That's life. How do you overcome it? You see, when, it's, when we say, God, I'm tired. God, I'm so exhausted. What are we saying? It is not just the physical. Hard work produces tiredness. But that kind of tiredness, after a good night's rest, you overcome it, you feel refreshed, you're back to work, whatever. We are talking about an ailment of the soul. That's why the word weary, the word that's used is weary, not just tired physically, but you are weary. Weary comes from the Greek word ikakio. That means no spirit left. Spiritlessness. No spirit left. You may go to work, but your spirit is not there. You may be doing what you are doing, but no more passion, no more spirit, exhausted, totally depleted. You are running on E, empty. What causes that kind of weariness? Sickness is one, like I have just shared. Pain is another. You know, and sometimes you are just so lonely or you are grieving. Grieving. Until they say there's no more meaning. There's no more meaning. Sometimes it's boredom. It's not because you are busy, it's just you're bored. And that kind of boredom can work into your spirit and cause you to be exhausted. Bored people, many times, you know, are really exhausted people already. Not physically, but inside their spirit, there's no spirit left. And those people who are anxious, who are worrying about so many things, there is that weariness of the spirit. And these are the silent killers. That's why people go into depression. That's why some people commit suicide even. That's why there's no productivity. Because people are just tired. And God knows our situation. If you have been through that, if you are going through that right now, it's okay. Even the strongest people go through it. Nobody is immune to it. Now, it's a matter of how you handle it. What is God's word for us to those who are weary and tired of life, tired of people, tired of what you are doing or not doing, tired perhaps even of God Himself. The good news is God gives power. God gives power and strength to those 
who are weary and exhausted, taken a beating in life, God says, I give you strength. Look at what Isaiah chapter 40 verse 29 says. He gives power, force ability, and power. He increases strength. He enlarges. He gives an abundance of strength to those who have no mind. You have no ability, no power of your own anymore. And it is during those moments that the power of God comes in. And it begins to renew your strength. Renew means exchange. Renew your strength. He exchanges his power and his strength for your lack of strength and for all your weaknesses. And it is something that is inward. He reaches inside us. It's a reaching within. He renews our inward strength. And as a result, as a result, he takes us up to three different levels. He deals with us on three different areas of our strength according to our situations in life. Firstly, He takes us to soar upward. He gives us an upward strength. What does the Bible say? They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Wow! This is... Verse 31 is one of the most favorite quoted verse in the Bible. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Have you seen an eagle fly? Oh, so majestic up there in the air. And what is different about the eagle? Why is, of all the birds in the air, why is the eagle chosen? As a picture of the might of and the power and the strength of God for His people. This is a picture of the Christian, an eagle flying up there. That's you. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Do you see yourself flying up there? When we were young, perhaps, we like to fly around, you know, play all kinds of games on flying. There's even a song that says, I believe I can fly. Don't try to jump from the high place and see whether you can jump, fly or not. But it is the moral strength that causes you to fly. And that's the picture of the Christian. And the flight of, a, of, 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 of an eagle is different from all other birds. All other birds, how do they fly? They flap their wings. They flap their wings. Some of the small birds, you see, Man, they flap so, so, so fast. It must be very tiring, huh? you know. So small and yet they keep on beating. Maybe because they have got very small wings. But look at the eagle. moment they stretch out their wings. Man, it's very big. It's very big. The fully stretched wing. And after that, the eagles, you seldom see any eagles flap their wings. Whenever you see them up there, they just stretch out their wings. They don't flap. They just stretch out their wings and the thermal forces, the hot current air from the ground just lift them up. And after that, the wings, they just follow the wings and let the wind beneath their wings just cause them to soar. 
That's the picture of a Christian resting in the Lord, not trying to flap frantically to stay up in the air, but just allowing God to carry them by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the difference between the eagle and all other birds. And another difference is that, you know, when uh, uh, creatures have, 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 have a special sense detector built into their system, Whenever a storm is coming and even an earthquake is coming, they can sense it. Animals, creatures are the first to sense it. We human beings, I think our wavelength is very different. You know? But then you find that the creatures, so, so when the storm is coming, the, the birds, they know where to go already. They go to their hiding places. A storm is coming, they know it. But the eagles, they don't go into hiding when they know that a storm is coming, they will rise and fly high above the storms. They go above the storms. They don't hide from the storm. Above the storm. That's why the Red Indians in America, the eagles are their radar detector. And they look up to the sky and when they see that the eagles are not flying, you know, their normal high, but they are high up in the air, they know that a storm is coming. Eagles fly above the storm. Friends, there will be storms in our life. But God has made you an eagle so that you can fly above the storms. You are not afraid of the storms at all. They may come, but you are not afraid. You rise above the storm. Friends, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Wow. There are many other characteristics about the eagle that we can talk about. Eagles are not like birds. Eagles are not like chickens. Chickens, they live on the ground. They scratch on the ground. Chickens, they always look down on the ground. Chickens, they like to peck at each other. Small, small things, they just quarrel and fight with each other. But eagles, they live up there in the high places. Friends, you are an eagle. Not a chicken. Hallelujah. You are an eagle, not a chicken or like any other birds. And God will cause you to mount up with wings of eagles to accomplish great things for Him. You can do great things in the Lord. Thank God for the victories that He has granted to you when you fly up and mount up with wings of eagles. But then after that, the imagery changes from an eagle up in the air to that of humanity running and walking. And the Bible here says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall run and not be weary. This is talking about running and in outward strength. It talks about life here. On this earth. And many times the picture is that of somebody running. We have been running even, even in this life. The race has been long, it has been a marathon race. And some of us find that, hey, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't live like this anymore, you know, and, and, and you are weary, you are just weary. This talks about life, not just in a normal situation, but there are emergency and crisis that happens in life. 
you're running from one thing to another, from one place to another, and busy, 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 you know, and after putting out fire here, another fire comes out here. It talks about the, the, the extra load that you have to carry. It's not just going to work and coming back and then after that have the whole night just in front of TV and relaxing. No. It's just one crisis after another. Taking care of a loved one who is sick, who is not well, who cannot care for himself or herself. Or making sure that your children are properly cared for. You want to be a good parent. Give them the right kind of teaching. Spending time with them. So you're always running from one task to another. And you feel like you are so weary. So tired. But doctors have shown that those people who operate in that realm Handling all the crises in life actually is good for the body. The body somehow creates that kind of adrenaline and juice that causes you to be active, that causes you to be creative, that causes you to come alive and you can do amazing things when you are running. And so do not be afraid of the crisis in life at all. God says, you shall run and not be weary. In the earlier version that I read to you, you shall run the race and after that, have enough energy for another race. The Bible shows that the Christian life is a race. And Galatians chapter 5 verse 7 says, you have run well. Paul complimented the, the Christians in Galatians. You have run well. Now who have come in to deceive you? Who have come in to, to distract you? And Paul exhorted in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Do not be weary in well-doing, in doing well. For we shall reap if in due time if we faint not. If we do not faint. So keep on. Keep on doing the things that God has given to us. Keep on running this race in the strength that God gives to us. But the third level is that they shall walk and not faint. Faint. The order of this picture of strength that Isaiah painted up for us seems to be a little bit out of place. If you are a good writer or an author, you would question, Isaiah, what are you talking about? This is no good. You started off by saying, wow, you shall soar with wings as eagles. Then you slow down a bit and you say, you shall run and I'll be weary. And now suddenly you are walking and fainting. If you're a good writer, you'll put it reverse, isn't it? You start off with walking and then running and then soaring. But friends, this is a reality of life. We do not soar up there every day. We do not run every day. Occasionally, we may. But what, what do we do every day? We walk. We walk. And that's where life is lived most of the time. That's where our strength is challenged, depleted, 
when we are walking, and you are not just being weary anymore, but you are almost fainting and dropping. That's where we need God most. In the everyday affairs of life. Not just in great heights of achievement, business success. But every day, when you're face to face with that problem, or not necessarily a problem, the routines of life, pick up the clothes that your children and your husband always leave lying around. Told them so many times, they still don't know. The routines. Cooking the meals. Three hours to prepare. Wallop, they wallop it in 15 minutes and never even say thank you. Driving your children to school, back and forth, back and forth. It can be very tiring. God, I'm just so tired. God says, they shall walk and not fail. In Tennessee, in the state of Tennessee in America, there is a breed of goat. They call it the Tennessee goat or the Steve Lake goat. Or the most common name they call it is the fainting goat. Fainting goat. And these goats, they are normal goats, but they have a genetic disorder actually. They originally, many people say they orig originally came from Nova Scotia. And what happens is these goats go into fainting spells. Anything can cause them to faint. Even when they are excited about their food, they, they go into a fainting spell. And the goat herder can just wave his hand like that and they go into a fainting spell. And what happens is when they faint, they lost consciousness and their muscle just stiffen up. That's why it is known as a my, 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 sorry, myotonic syndrome. M-Y-O-T-O-N-I-C. It has to do with the muscular. So the muscles just stiffen up. And they just go into a fainting spell. Unfortunately, the fainting spell is just for a few seconds. All right? And after that, they wake up and continue again. Are there fainting Christians in our midst? Anything can just cause you to go into a fainting spell. It may be because you are really weary of life. So many of us are fainting. That's why even Paul and so many writings in the scriptures, if we do not faint. Esau almost fainted when he came in from hunting and he saw Jacob preparing the porridge. He says, give me a bowl of that porridge. Let me eat. I am fainting. The word fainting is there. Some of us are really fainting. We are smiling on the outside, but deep inside, we are fainting. We are fed up in life. We have no more energy left. We are just doing the routine. But it is there that God shows up the greatest and the most wonderful way. John Claypool, one of the great preachers of the century, he had a daughter who at the age of seven had leukemia. And just 
a few days before she died. Of course, it was very difficult for the family. But just a few days before she went home to be with the Lord, John Claypool went up the pulpit to preach. He was totally devastated. It was tough for the family. So he went up to the pulpit and he said, Church, let me share with you frankly what I'm, I am experiencing right now. And he confessed. He said, Today, standing before you, I am not flying like the eagle up in the air. I'm not running like the footman. I am barely able to walk. And I am praying, oh God, give me strength not to faint. And that was the title of his message. Strength not to faint. And perhaps that is the same prayer that we are praying right now. You have been through so much in life. Exhausted totally. One thing after another. But it is during such moments that God comes in. Friends, I give you strength so that you shall walk and not faint. You see, life is lived as a walk. Thank God for those flying moments. Thank God for those strength for running. But God, it's the everyday thing, the routine of life that I'm facing that will either make or break my life. And that's why God says, even for those who are walking, I will give you strength and you are not going to faint. What do you do? It's the walking hours, the daily routine that makes the difference. And even in those moments, God says, to the weary and to the fainting, I give strength. That's why Isaiah 40 verse 31 is so meaningful. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Put it, personalize it. Shall we read it together? But put in the word I. Alright, don't say they already is I. Let's just read it together. I shall mount up with wings like eagles. I shall run and not be weary. I shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. How do you do that? How do you live life in the fullness of the strength that causes you to soar, that causes you to run, that causes you to walk? No matter in what station of life you're in right now. Deuteronomy 33, verse 25. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze and your strength will be equal to your days. God will give us strength equal to our days. That's the promise of God. The challenges and the troubles of the day will not wipe you out. 
will not cause you to faint, but He will give strength equal to our days. And if we falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? How big is your strength today? And how do you increase in that strength? The first, or rather, Isaiah asked two questions. To those people who are despairing of life itself, who are weary, who are fainting, to those people, Isaiah asked two questions. Don't you know? And don't you understand? Have you not known? Do you not know? Have you not heard? How do you know something? How do you learn something? We learn things in three ways. First of all, by seeing. You see how, oh no, you see what happens and you learn. And children are always seeing a lot of things and many times we ask, hey, where did you learn this? Oh, I saw this, I saw this. They are learning all the time. Second area of learning is by hearing. You hear and then you learn. Just like here, you hear the word of the Lord, you learn from the word of the Lord. The third area is by doing. All right, and this is the best way of learning. You do it. All right, some, some people drive you around and you still get lost. But you drive yourself. You yourself drive one round and later on you will, you will remember the places already on the road because you are doing it. And so you find in the same way, you want to know about God? You want to know God? How do you learn about God? It's by seeing, seeing His acts, seeing His miracles. It's by hearing about His work, what He has done. It's about hearing the word of the Lord and it's by doing the commands of God. You learn all in this way. And so Isaiah asked, don't you know? You people of God, you who have the word of the Lord, you who have seen the mighty acts of God, don't you know, have you not heard? The first area of knowledge we need to gain is that of knowing God. And what is it about God that we need to know? Isaiah says, don't you know, have you not heard? The Lord God, He is the everlasting God. The first picture we need to, care, to, to capture is not about yourself, your witnesses, your fainting spells, is to see the Almighty God. Lift up your eyes and see God for who He is. He is the everlasting God. You see His absolutes, His attributes, His abilities. You see His person, His power and His provision. The person of God. He is the everlasting God. Do you know? The God of Adam who walked with Adam in the cool of the evening. The God of Noah, who kept Noah and his family safe in the ark. The God of Moses, who separated the Red Sea and caused the Israelites to walk through. The God of Abraham, who talked to him face to face and is the friend of God. The God of Daniel, who shut the mouth of the lion. The God of Isaiah, the God of Jeremiah. The God of Mary, the God of Peter, the God of Paul, the God of John. He's the same God that we are worshipping every day, every week. Hallelujah. He's the same. From everlasting to everlasting, He's the same. Come on, give Him a glad offering. 
same eternal god paul says when i consider all this and the glory of almighty god what is my present suffering nothing to be compared nothing when you cast your eyes on god no this is our god and he doesn't change his person there's no equal at all the power of god bible says he does not faint we faint but god does not faint god does not sleep just in case some of you all do not know god doesn't sleep he doesn't need any sleep so therefore at night no point you and god staying awake let him stay awake you sleep you don't have to worry you know you cast everything on him yeah you you have a good rest no point two person staying up at night he will watch over you and he does not faint at all the power of god is never exhausted the person of god there's no equal the power of god is never not exhausted the provision of god is never emptied he provides every single thing that we need so look to him know this god and the things of the world will grow strangely dim where does my strength come from the psalmist asks where does your strength come from my strength comes from the lord he is my maker my creator my fortress my strength a very present help in trouble look at the list here our strength comes from the lord our strength comes from intimate knowledge of god daniel chapter 11 verse 32 says those who know god shall be strong and shall do great exploits you want to do great exploits know god know god tap into that supernatural thing from quietness and confidence isaiah also talks about that it is in repentance in quietness and confidence that we gain our strength even from our own weakness and of course the grace of god and the joy of the lord nehemiah 8:10 the joy of the lord is my strength we have to wake up and confess it wake up and confess every day the joy of the lord is my strength where does my help my strength come from my strength is in the lord and you will begin to feel the power of god and of course from waiting on the lord but in this passage in isaiah it talks about waiting on the lord those who wait on the lord shall renew their strength what does it mean waiting on the lord in a good news bible it talks about those who trust in the lord in a king james good old king james version those who wait on the lord in the niv new international version it talks about those who hope in the lord and there are these these are different aspects of waiting upon the lord but to simplify things for you what does waiting on the lord means first of all it means that we wait in his presence we wait in the presence of god we come before him in prayer all right when we are weak when we are when we are, we feel like hey you know you don't have any strength left why don't you come before the presence of the lord in fact you don't have to wait until you have reached that point every day just come in the presence of the lord he will strengthen you 
The psalmist David learned that secret. He always knows how to enter into the presence of God and receive the strength of the Lord, whether he's fleeing away from his enemies or whether he's going to fight against the enemy or whether he was you know, on a victorious ride already. He learns to wait upon the Lord. Be still and know that I'm God. Have you had your, do you have your children and sometimes the children talk, 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 ask, ask, ask questions and hey, it's just too much, it's just too much. And what do you do? Hush, hush, hush. You tell your children, hush, 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 hush. Quiet, 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 quiet. Hush. And the, and the children shut their mouth. Hush. Ah. Then things begin to change. God is saying, hush. Come before my presence. Hush. Be still and know that I'm God. It is almost like in the presence of God, He's recharging you. He's renewing you. You read the word of the Lord. He's changing you. Friends, learn that. You know, it works for me. When I'm tired and, you know, whether spiritually, emotionally, and all that, learn to wait in the presence of God. It may be with the music on, with soft music, and just worshiping the Lord. But waiting on the Lord also talks about waiting for His timing. Waiting on His timing. Many times we just rush into things. God has a timing for everything. Do you know that? God has a timing for everything. So when you wait on the Lord, you are waiting for God to work according to His timing, not according to your calendar. Abraham had to learn how to wait for the birth of his son. 25 years later, the son was given. The son grows up and became the heir. And, and later on, of course, the nation of Israel was formed because of that. He has to learn to wait. Joseph had to learn to wait. Not in the comfort of the home, loved by his family, but in the prison, he had to learn to wait on the timing of God. He could have said, God, but you promised me. Remember the dream? Everybody will bow down to me and now I'm in a prison. Why, why, why? But he had to learn to wait. He wasn't the timing. But in due time, he was exalted. Became the second most powerful person in Egypt. I was with... Pastor Kwamin and myself, we were with Pastor Tom Eli in my office just the other day. And he shared with me one of the very insightful things. He said he heard a certain pastor, I can't remember who he quoted. He says, this pastor said, God is doing 10,000 things in your life at this very moment. At this very moment, God is doing 10,000 things in your life. And you only know about three things you do not know about the 9,997 other things that he is doing in your life. No wonder we complain and we get impatient with God. But God doesn't show us everything. You'll be overwhelmed if He shows you everything. So He only shows you three things. For the other things, you have to wait on God. Let Him do His work. And he does everything well. Can somebody say amen? amen? Hallelujah. What he reveals, that is enough for us. So let us learn to wait upon the Lord. Don't give up on him. And thirdly, wait on him in service with gladness. 
When we see the word wait, many times it's in the passive tense. We think that's in the passive tense. So you, what do you do? You wait. Lah. Just stand there and wait. Doing nothing. A lot of people just, when they wait, they do nothing, right? But that's not a picture of waiting on God. The picture is that of a waiter in a, in a restaurant, in a fine dining restaurant. The waiter comes, you know, maybe with a towel, a small towel on his hand and come to the table and say, Sir, I'm your waiter today and I'll be serving you. That's what a waiter is. I'm here to serve you. If there's, if there's anything that you need, I'll be happy to meet those needs. And say, can I have a glass of water? Sure. He goes, get a guy. And then, whatever you want. And a good waiter always watches the customer. Not like some of the restaurants you go, you wait, 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 waiter, waiter, waiter. Never see you one. You know, that's, that's a bad waiter. A good waiter is always, huh? the eyes are always on the customer or the, on those people that he's waiting on. And that's what it means to wait on the Lord. Lord, I'm ready to serve you. You say this, you want this, you know, you know I will do it. I will do it. I'm here to serve you, to wait on you, oh Lord, my master. So let's serve the Lord in that manner. That's what waiting on the Lord is. And you will get to know God even much better. Oh, oh. You are waiting for me right now to finish. <laughs> wow, time flies so fast. Let me just quickly go on to the right. Or just go very quickly, all right? Know yourself. You know your inner strength. Know your inner strength. You are stronger than you think. Do you know that? You are stronger than you think. Paul says, when you think that you are weak, you are strong. When I'm weak, I am strong. Everybody say, I am strong. I am strong. That's who you are, all right? Even in your weakness, actually, because of the spiritual DNA that God has put inside you, you are strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Ephesians 6, 10, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Ephesians 3, 16, you are strengthened in the inner man, not just by vitamins, but the spiritual vitamin that we have is the might of the Holy Spirit working within us mightily to strengthen us. That's who you are. You are made to be an eagle. Not a chicken or a duck. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we have been renewed day by day. Day by day, we are renewed in our strength. Life doesn't get easier, but you get stronger. Even through all the difficulties, God will make you stronger. Many times when we face a difficult situation, how do we pray? God, remove, change the circumstances. Remove the obstacles. Do the miracle of God. Seldom do we pray, God, give me the strength to face it. But I think that should be part of our prayer, isn't it? Don't just always ask God to change the circumstance. Ask God to change you and just say, God, give me the strength to face it. Life will not get easier. In the last days, you will get even tougher. God has never promised us an easy life, but He has promised us strength and power for every situation in life. 
and that is enough. Somebody say amen. amen. Helen Keller says, while the world is full of suffering, it is also full of overcoming it. And she is one person who overcame it. When C.S. Lewis was asked the favorite question of all people, why do the righteous suffer? His answer is simple. Why not? Why not? They are the only ones who can handle it. Hallelujah. And so when life gets tough, brothers and sisters, remember, you get stronger. You get stronger. Doesn't, know, doesn't matter what life throws at you. And your attitude counts. It's your attitude that counts also. Paul says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. That is an attitude. You are not defeated. You are not low-lying. You are not crippled. You are not going to faint because of what God has said to you. Today, rise up with that winning attitude. In Christ, Christ who strengthened me, I can do all things. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, brothers and sisters, strength. God gives us strength to soar, to run, to walk. Though the strongest get weary, God gives us the power and the strength. And the secret is to live with the fullness of that strength by knowing God and by knowing who you are in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's give Him the glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for watching. Subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on anything new and stay connected with us on our social media.